eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is awesome to talk to you on Spits and Suds after... The Dallas Stars take down the Seattle Kraken and tie the series at one. Hello, everyone. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. And looking over the stats, Mr. Ludwig was a plus 31 in the NHL playoffs with 29 points. Four goals, 25 points. Hmm. Who'd have thunk that? (laughs) Uh, 244 penalty minutes. Yeah, I uh, I was a little bit better at one end of the rink than the other. <laughs> I mean, plus 31's good. That's what happens when you have good goalies. Yeah, yeah, 177 games. Yeah, it's all about goaltending. Okay, but this is this is kind of fascinating. Can you, you know, all these years later, you're still a young pup, but all these years later, can you remember those four goals? The only one I actually remember because it was probably brought up the most was the goal that went in off about three people uh, in 99 when we were playing uh, Buffalo. Um, and I had gone some ridiculous amount of games in, in between goals and and. <laughs> And not that I ever listened to that much. And now, well, I never listened to it, be honest with you. I think it was the next day. Somebody, well, naturally everybody at the bar brings it up. I mean, it was 160 games since you scored your last goal in the playoffs. I don't know what the number was, but <clears throat> so yeah, I, you know what? The good news for me is I never, I was never in a position to worry about them. So I never got a hung up on what you have and what you don't have. Was that, was that at the odd or was that at the forum? That was at not yeah that no that was that reunion. Oh okay 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 all right. I, I think I did say in ninety nine didn't I, Gavin? I you believe. did. You did. My bad. Something, okay. Something happened that year, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about reunion for a second. Um, was that one of your favorite places to play? Uh yeah oh yeah of course I mean, um, I loved it in Montreal and and you know in Dallas I mean it's. You know, the thing about um, when we came to Dallas, and I think I've probably said this before, I mean, they you've heard the saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And I i do believe in that in 90% of the things that, that happen in your life. But I think when 
when we as a group came to Dallas, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a well-known sport. I mean, to say the least. So when people started going to games, they're like, man, you ought to see these guys running around and hitting and fighting and all this kind of stuff. And if you did some of those things, you know, you were, you were poor, probably more popular in the beginning of when we were first here only because they really didn't, they didn't understand what Mike Madano actually did. And then it didn't take him long to figure out Mo was the guy, but um, you know, I, but I think that's the way it is in a lot of places. It, it, I, I just look at, you know, Montreal appreciates certain players. They appreciate their players for we have, Montreal's a very, most Canada's are very knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, their, their national pastime. They, they know the guys that are, blue collar guys they know the guys that are the top of the mountain when it comes to scoring goals and you know power play guys and offensive guys and then they know they you know the guys that would fight and and the guys that would hit and things like that and and dallas probably in the beginning you know they're football right and so they're used to seeing people hit all the time but now all of a sudden there's these guys on these quarter inch blades and they're carrying hockey sticks and they're swinging them around and and they fight and, you know, and, and they're not getting kicked out of games or like, man, it's okay to fight. You know? And so I think in the beginning, you know, like I said, I, and, and what really made it nice in, in, in Dallas here in reunion was the glass. The glass was very forgiving. It, it would like, there's some rinks where you actually think that you're, you're hitting a brick wall. This glass would give, and it was loud. <laughs> and so sometimes when you'd hit guys, it sounded worse than what it really was. So, um, and, and I think, you know, from, you know, benefit of us and, um, the fans kind of enjoyed what was going on. We had a, we had a pretty good year, our first year here and, you know, playoffs and things like that. And so for a new sport and a, you know, bunch of guys coming to Texas and, you know, being a Northern sport, as far as everybody's concerned. And, um, you know, it was great here. I mean, there's a reason I stayed here, obviously, I mean, been here the whole time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love it here. I think I, there's not many guys that, you know, right. They may not, might not all stay here 24 or, you know, 24 seven, but they make sure they get back. Whether this is true or not, I have found a 1988, 89 Craig Ludwig, Montreal Canadian Stanley cup finals game worn Jersey with the 1989 Stanley cup finals, inaugural Stanley cup finals patch currently going for $3,605. No kidding. That's Canadian dollars, though, probably. So that's about a dollar, a buck, buck sixty or something. <laughs> is there, is there ever something like you see this online, and are you like whatever, or do you say to yourself, you know what, probably should have tucked that sweater in the uh, bag and went home? Ah, uh, no, I, I don't. It's not a. As a matter of fact, my my game worn. Jersey from 99. Um, Toby Keith, um, we had a bit of a relationship, uh, Billy Heward. And anyway, um, Joey Floyd, one of his guitarists, um, was having some health issues and there was a, there was a benefit that they were doing. And so I actually gave them my game worn Jersey for, for the auction or whatever they were doing for Joey. So, um, I'm, I'm really not into that stuff, um, into the jerseys. And as a matter of fact, I'm in the process of turning a, 
a garage that I've, <clears throat> my dad had built up north and, and turned into a little cabin uh, up in Wisconsin. And so I, I've even tinkered around, like I've got some jerseys, uh, like Larry Robinson's and I got Chelios's wow. and, and you know, those kind of jerseys. And I was, man, that'd be cool for a wall, one wall in there. And then I oh. thought, no, I'm, I'm not turning this into a hockey kind yeah. of related. So well, you um, could so pay yeah, for I, that cabin by selling a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but wow, um, I mean, those are a couple of legends though. I mean, I know they're your teammates, oh, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, well, at the end of the year, all the time in Montreal, um, you know, you, your, your last day, you know, go in, you know, get all the stuff that you're going to take home with you for the summer. And, uh, our, our trainer at the time, Eddie Palachuk, well, he's, he's gone now, but, um, <laughs> Shelly and I would usually try to, one of us would keep Eddie a little occupied and we'd take turns walking into the, uh, Jersey room. So <laughs> we'd, come, we'd come out with a couple belly fulls of shirts every, every year. So, um, Oh, that is uh that is great. Yeah. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. We're going to get into stars. So now when, but... you, when you watch Chris Chelios on, uh, yeah. ESPN, you can remember that story. That is yeah. funny. That is uh that is greatness. All right. So we're going to get into the game last night, but I did have a, before I forget. So this week, the logo designer for the Hartford Whalers passed away. And I thought to myself, the next time I talk to Craig, I'm going to ask him for all his years via college, minor leagues, pro. Was there a logo that stuck out to you as far as original, uh, one that maybe you wore or maybe one when you were on the ice, you said, that's a really cool looking logo. You know, the best, best logo ever is in the minor leagues. Okay. Cause I never played there. So I never had to wear one or see one. I got one too. So in the minor league. So, Oh, no, oh you never, you know, that's it. No. See, see, yeah, all right. You need to pay attention. A little I, more. No, no, gonna, no. If you're going to drive this bus, you need to be tuned <laughs> I in was paying attention. Easy. easy. <laughs> but see, that is the subtle Craig Ludwig I mean, how many hockey players make the jump straight up to the NHL? We're seeing Wyatt Johnston do it, but you did it. Yeah, not 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 as many with less talent there, or you know what I'm saying. Whatever. Like, like the, all the superstar dudes, they they do it. I was, you know what? For me, I, I I've said this ever since I got to college. I, I was just I just I was always in the right place at the right time from the standpoint of the team that you're playing on, the need of position at the time the style that they played, the role that you played. You know, I, I walked into Montreal and, and man, the year I was driving to Montreal and I was in, I can remember I was, I was halfway uh, there. I just had gotten into Canada out of Wisconsin. And, and I heard on the radio that they had trade made a trade, the Montreal Canadiens and the Washington Capitals. And they traded Rod Langway and Brian Engblom um, away. And all of a sudden there were two defensemen, two big time defensemen that had been traded and, you know, I just, I got to camp and it, it just worked out. And, and, uh, you know, they, Jacques, Jacques Lappy, Jacques Lapierre, the uh, hall of fame defenseman at the time, he was a D coach and, you know, he just, he liked the style. The team had a certain style. <clears throat> the MO was to, you know, win hockey games two to one and play a physical game and keep the puck out of your own net. And so I just kind of rolled into that and it, it fit and I fit a little bit and, you know, and then you get to Dallas and, and, you know, I've got Rick Wilson as a D coach. I had Rick Wilson in college. 
um, as my D coach. And so, you know, he knew my style and Bob Ganey was here. We played together in Montreal. Bob was our captain in Montreal. Now he's the general manager here in Minnesota. And you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I just look at a lot of those things and I'm not, I'm not a abnormal in that way. I mean, there's, you know, there's the upper 10, 15, 20% of players that belong in the league and the other guys, they carve their, they carve their careers out. You know, they know who they are. They understand who they are and they understand what they've got to do to, uh, you know, to survive. I mean, Vern Fiddler's got a great story. You know I mean? He spent a bunch of years and they, in the minors and, you know, they told him like, Hey, you get called up and here's who you're going to be. And, you know, we don't care if you're scoring 20, 25 goals in the, in the minors, but this is, this is the position we need. And he, you know, and he worked at that and and now he's, you know, he became a great player in the yeah. NHL. So yeah. when I was sitting last night up in the suite, I'm sitting with Blake Como and I look at another guy, you know, I mean, Blake Como was such a, a key piece. Um, I was shocked when he retired. I didn't know, you know, I, I thought he definitely, he was a great, great player here in Dallas. So. Um, yeah, how's anyway, he doing? You know, those, the, the, just go up and down the rosters, and you're gonna you're gonna see guys yeah. that Joel Hanley, well that role. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a CHL team that went defunct in 2001 in Macon, Georgia, and they were called the Macon Whoopie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the best logo. I actually tried to buy the logo, but it was on. You probably didn't even know what it meant, though. <laughs> Maybe their logo was a stork with a hockey stick. I thought that was you're cool. probably wearing that jersey run every night you get home. <laughs> I don't wear jerseys in my house, sir. Uh, well, that's a bad visual right now. But okay. <laughs> I don't fit well in jerseys. <laughs> All right. So, uh, one of the things that has come up in this series that we've seen a couple of times obviously, Joe Pavelski. Um, with the four goals. Oh, what's he done? Yeah, is he's he done anything pretty lately? good. Pretty good. Four goals and then a goal last night, so that's five. And then his roommate, Wyatt Johnston, had a heck of a game last night. But I wanted to ask you about the art that's of... his stepson. It's not a roommate anymore. <laughs> you think he's tired of hearing that story, by the way, being asked, like, what's it like living with Joe Pavelski? That's probably like... You know the... when, when things are going as yeah, well as matter. for yeah. Wyatt, he's happy to tell the story, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I still, one of my favorite Craig Ludwig stories as we randomly talk on this podcast is your Knuckles Nyland Montreal story where as soon as you got to training camp, he took you under his wing, you know, he, he, you know, he said, stick with me. (laughs) And then what happened? Us Americans stick together. He told me. (laughs) Yeah. And then he ended up beating the hell out of me in our very first scrimmage. (laughs) skated right 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 off the face off came right at me <laughs> i was laying on my back looking up at him like what 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 happened to that talk we had like a couple days ago oh that doesn't count out here so yeah i just talked to nux two days ago <clears throat> nux has got a great podcast that he's doing that's too. great that's awesome yeah knuckles nylon yeah right. absolutely still got the boston accent after all these years oh my gosh <laughs> i still can't understand that. this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates Price and coverage match limited by state law. So tell me about the art of the tip. You know, as a defenseman, I know it was a little different when you played. 
how, how can you in today's NHL cover a player like that? And I mean, there's such a fine line, Craig, between you know stopping the puck, but the fact that these players can put it at a certain angle, you know, explain that from a stick former player point of view. Well, you're obviously talking about Joe, and I mean. And, and the story has been told just like everything else hundreds of times. I'm sure the video has been seen. I mean, that's what Joe does. It's what Joe's been doing for years. And I'm not talking about during games. I'm talking pregame, pregame and, and every practice. He goes through a routine. He's been, been doing it forever. First off, he's an athlete. You know, you know he's a golfer, baseball. You know, so the, the, this always goes back to my, my current players of today or the past few years versus when, you know, me growing up. I mean, we... I believe that if you just play hockey, you kind of cheat yourself on some other skills, you know, baseball, football, basketball, <clears throat> whatever it may be. Um, so he's obviously got great hand-eye coordination. He knows where the net is. But as far as defending it, the, the, the hardest ones to, to defend, typically, and it's one of the things we try to teach, tell defensemen all the time, you got to get the stick up off the ice. If there's a shot coming from the point, some forward backs into you and he, wherever he is, you got to find his stick. And instead of coming down over across the stick, his stick is still on the ice. So he still has an opportunity to tip the puck. So you try to time it and you, because if you start too early to try to move a player's stick, he can adjust to it. He can almost put it in a spot and say, here, go ahead, move it a little bit, but at, you know, then I'm going to be the one that has the last move. So if you can just kind of lay off, and then all of a sudden he's not expecting you to grab a stick. And then, you know, you keep an eye on the shooter and then you can go ahead and elevate it and move it one side or the other. But I, I think that <clears throat> what Joe does a lot of times is he keeps the stick unavailable. And, you know, so he'll keep it away from the defenseman. He'll keep it in front of you or he'll, he'll have it in a spot where it's even difficult for um, a defenseman to find it. Because everybody, let me tell you, there's 725 guys in the NHL right now that Joe Pavelski is the best shot tipper in the league and but the thing is you very rarely do you see him covered so he has the ability to put the stick in a spot and and he can pick a puck up uh and he knows where his own teammates are going to shoot it now they work on it you know so they know if if this certain time is wherever it is he sees the holes he'll see the player that's ahead of him the defender uh from the opponent uh opposition's team and he'll know that if it's Miro shooting the puck, there's only a certain spot and Miro can get it by that guy. So he will anticipate things like that. So I'm sure that there will be somebody at some point that will want to do some kind of a book um, with just that from Pavelski, because when he's done, you know, he's the kind of guy that would have no problem probably sharing, um, you know, how he went about his business. Although if, if I had my druthers and he was, I would make sure he's part of the Dallas stars organization for a long time yeah. whenever he does, you know, decide to, to hang them up so that he can pass those traits on to, you know, to these guys, but there's a knack knack for it. And I, I can't, I, unless you play against them, it, it, it would be unfair for me to even tell you what he does and how he goes about it. So, but I would have confidence that because I kind of, that was one of my things is knowing, you know, that was part of my job. I, I needed to know how for that particular play not to happen. And, and again, you play against everybody so often you learn their tendencies. And, and that's, I think that's, what's part of being a good defender is um, knowing what their go-to move is. What's, what's their number one and what's their number two. 
and you know take away one and make them go to make them go to two and you have you already give yourself a bit of an advantage so he has 15 points in eight games against seattle and as a former player did you have teams that you thought like for instance say you're playing seattle and you have pavelski stat is that thought of like wow i play really well against them i match up well against them or do they do you not even pay attention to that and that's just you know, hey, I've had some good games against a certain team. Oh, well, I think all the offensive players look at look at you know the teams that they have good success against. I mean, I think that gives them a little bit of a boost. Knowing going into the game, man, I, this can be a good game. I, you know, I've got they know their numbers against opposing teams, and then and it works the opposite too. And eh, a rough night, I never get anything done against these guys. So, you know, but again, I I've said this before. Also, is I look at and there there's the board. Every time you walk into your room, and you're going to see you know in the morning skate, you're going to see your lineup on there, so you know who you're playing with. If you're in or out of the lineup, blah blah blah. And then you're also going to see the opponent's lineup. And you know, I will ask our players, our young kids, and ask them, you know, what do you think the reason is that? You know, so I I remember you know who they're playing with and stuff like that. And yeah, that that's partly true, but. But what I would do is I would go down every single name and I would think because, you know, you get into your you know third, fourth, fifth year in the league, you know, you start to play against these guys a lot. And so you remember the things. And so I would run those things through my head. It was more for me about reminding me what this player likes to do. Where does he like to go? Does he like to take the a one timer? Is he more of a wrist shot guy? And, you know, all those little things that you play against all the time. And so it gives you I believe it gives you a bit of an advantage from a defenseman standpoint because I can position myself in a certain spot. If I know he likes to curl and drag or pull it into his feet and then take a shot, I will take his feet away. I will take that space away and just make him shoot it from the, you know, from a normal position because that's not his go-to move. Um, so anyway, all those little things. And, but, but again, I think that <clears throat> like anything else, I mean, the longer you play, you, you have to be Joe Pavelski is a student, is a student of the game. I mean, he's a student in every sense and you watch how Joe plays the game and watch how he comes to the front of the net. Um, he's sly about Joe. Joe is not six three and two hundred and fifteen pounds, so he will time himself getting to the net. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at some of his goals, and there'll be there may be two, you know, a couple of big defensemen and forward in there. Well, what the hell am I going to do there? And he'll read the shot. Like these guys know where pucks come to. I mean, they have a good idea where they're going to come out to. And so he finds those holes, you know, his, yeah. his, he, he, he's constantly thinking as he gets across that offensive blue line. And if he doesn't have the puck, you know, and, and I saw, you know, and you watch what Wyatt did. I watched yeah. how Wyatt gravitates and, and you don't think that Wyatt Johnston is, is learning that goal that he scored last mm-hmm. night where he, he found the space, he follows it up. You don't think that that is something they talked about possibly at dinner yeah. uh, one night. And just saying, here's where they're going to lay. Don't just, you, there's too many guys that, that will take that initial shot. And then they just kind of, whether they expect it to go in, but they have a nose because they know where it's going to hit the goal in the pad. They know where their puck is going. So maybe I got to go a little bit to my left or I go to my right or I go straight ahead, but there's a big defenseman there. So maybe I stay out and maybe there's a big hole between the defenseman and the goaltender. So I just get it to the net and I'll step around this guy. I'm not expecting to score on the first one, but there's going to be a puck that just lays there. So again, there, this is all stuff that I've learned. I wish I had known a lot of this stuff when I played, but now as you watch it and you watch how good these guys are, you know, this isn't luck, you know, it's not luck for Joe Pavelski to, to, to be tipping these pucks, you know, I'm sure because he has an idea 
even if he's fighting with somebody, he has an idea where the shot's going to go. He knows how hard his teammate shoots it. Does he take a wrist shot typically, or is it a slapper? Does he normally put it on the ice and his stick? He can, there's times where he will just kind of swing around a defenseman and you wonder, well, how the hell did he get his stick on that? Most of that is knowing, you know, who he's working with and generally where it's going to go. Is there a little bit of luck in it? Sure. I mean, I, you know, you can't be in traffic all the time and not see it. It's like goaltenders when they're looking around two different shooters and you see them make this great glove save upside high. Well, I had an idea where it was going. Thank God it hit my, hit my glove. Mm-hmm. When you were playing just like the Wyatt Johnston, Joe Pavelski situation, how high were you on the list? as far as contacting Craig Ludwig about a youngster staying with you? Uh, there was no list. There, well, there, there probably was a, there was a, they just never came to a, you. There was a li- you, you know how, unfortunately for some people, there's a DNR when they're getting at that age, do not resuscitate. <laughs> well, this is do not stay with Ludwig. Do not follow him. And and I would always get the speech. I, I know where you're going. Just don't drag anybody with you. Nope, I won't. I if just picture up, you driving drag them. driving to the arena in a motorcycle with a youngster on the back. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you just you do your thing on the ice. You do your thing off the ice. Just don't drag anybody down with you. I'm like, good. <laughs> uh, if they show up, I mean, I'm not telling them to go home. <laughs> nope, nope. That's that's okay. But you just don't take them with you. And I said, okay, I get it. <laughs> All right, it's it's Spitz and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. And so the story that, you know, stars win, so it's not as big of a story, but a lot of people are looking at Jason Robertson. And what do you see from Robertson's play? Oh, boy. Um, Well, last night, very first shift of the game, um, I'm up there. Luke was sitting next to me. Brad Lukowicz was sitting next to me. And the first shift and puck comes around and, and Robo comes on, on the back behind the net. And, and I just, I put my finger on him and I said, Luke, look, so here's Jason Robertson, as we know, is a great player. He has, he has the ability to score goals from all different places right now at this particular moment. It's not going in for him. So have we not had this talk in the last year about Tyler Sagan? Has Tyler Sagan scored any goals in the playoffs right now where he hasn't been within five feet of the goaltender? I don't know if there is. One. Right, right. Exactly. Tyler, Tyler, I had told you a year ago or whatever it was that that spot for Tyler, that one time or the old Vetchkin spot, it didn't seem it was going in for him. He needs to get to a spot where, you know, he gets an ugly goal. Jason needs to get an ugly goal. And, and not that he can't, he, he just needs to get into the fight a little bit more. I think you can't, and I don't want to call him a perimeter player because I think that's a, that's another way of calling a player soft. And I just think it's got to get a little uglier for him. Um, he can still score from, from the outside. We know that he's got a good shot. I think there was one last night he had, I believe it was on the power plane. It just kind of sails high off to the left. I, I couldn't tell if I got tipped or not, but that's what's happening right now to him for whatever reason. Hey, this first off, this is a fat, this is a fast team they're playing against. I mean, and you can take an average guy and, and it, he can look slower. And and I don't think anybody's going to accuse Jason Robertson as being a, a Rupe Hintz going up the ice. He's a smart player. He puts pucks in the right areas. 
I, one of the things that I thought was the best about Robo as a young player is I'm like, this kid never has the puck on a stick. He just knows what he's going to do with it before he gets it. And, and I think, I think now he may be, I mean, but again, he's getting the points, but the points are coming, I believe on the power play. Um, so, which he's got a little bit more space there. Right. I mean, you know, now and the thing is with this, this group, um, Seattle, they're a little bit more aggressive on the, on their penalty kill. So where you play against a different kind of power play, you do have a little bit more time and you can look for another. So this is a fast group and this is a group that finishes their hits. I mean, we thought that Minnesota was an aggressive team, right? I mean, you thought they were a physical team. That's their MO. Minnesota had games where they only had came out of the game with 24, 25, 20 hits. You know, they had a couple games in the forties. Well, this team here, I believe it's like 47 and 45, and they're not trying to run guys out onto the street, but they're going to finish their hits and they skate. So your time and space is limited, but I still think that I think what Jason needs to do, I think he's got to find a way to get into, you know, interior a little bit more And, and because he's got good hands. Um, they do a good job of getting shot lanes. Um, the Kraken are just a, they're a blue collar team and they're, they're going to, you, you know what, maybe we don't have as many weapons as you, but we're going to make you earn it. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you earn your points. We're going to make you earn your goals. And so you just have to know that. And so, you know, don't play on the outside and, and um, you know, and again, he he's a he, I think he's just got to get one of them and then uh, let me tell you if you if you play and on this isn't on Robo but a player a good player in general if you don't want to go to the hard places like you know who played you know who played the most minutes last night for forwards Jason uh, Robertson interesting 19 minutes played 19 minutes so don't think that the coaches aren't trying to get him going they're yeah. giving him opportunities to get out there they want to get him out they need him to get on track this team is going to go and win another, you know, two and a half rounds. He's going to have to be a big part of it at some point. So they're doing everything that they can. They're putting them all them spots. But let me tell you, sometimes take them off the power play, put them down on the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that because again, he's a young player. We know he's a good player, but those are tactics that money and all this other stuff. But the, the most prized possession of an elite player is his time on ice, right? He wants to play. And and again, I, I, I'm not suggesting that, but you know, you've got to find a way and this isn't, I, I, I truly don't, this is Jason Robertson has to say to himself, this is where I'm going. You know, I'll score. I'm going to get a rebound goal. I'm going to get one off my leg, but it's because I'm going to be in, you know, I, I used to call it the Jamie Ben era. I used to call it the Brendan Morrow area that now it's the Tyler Sagan spot. And he's getting rewarded for it, isn't he? What's he got? Five, six goals now, yeah, Tyler? Yeah. And remember and that first during the year when we spoke, he was in that slump. And you had mentioned going into that dirty area. And to break the slump, I believe it went off his chest. There was, it was just a weird bounce, but he was in front of the net, uh, causing some havoc. And it just went off of him. I think the first two goals after that slump went off of him. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and that's a great point, Craig. The way Tyler Sagan's playing and just, you know, it does take a different mindset to change your game after being an elite scorer in this league to do what he's doing now. It's just fun to watch. I mean, you can you can look at Tyler Sagan and saying, despite the salary, despite everything, he's 
All he cares about is winning. Well, and you have to, it's one thing to be a, a, a really good player in the first 82 games of the year. You have to become a different player in the next 28 or or hopefully 16 or whatever, whatever that number is going to be 20, because it, I mean, like I said just before, you're playing against the same group of guys every other night for 14 days and they will find weaknesses and they're going to find, they're going to find little spots that you don't like to go to. And they're going to make sure that you're hard on there. And then you, now it's just it, the war of attrition. And, and so you, you've got to find a way. And, and again, this is, this is a mindset. And, and again, he may, it may come in the next game and he scores three goals from the outside. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But I just think that, you know, you've got to show, you've got to show your opponent. This is more about showing and sending a message to your opposition right now. I'm not going to be a perimeter player. You may think I was, or whatever may have happened in the first round, what you've seen in the first couple of games, you've got to change their mind because they know coming into this series, you don't think that they know they, they had certain guys circled on the board. Yep. And that was, you know, I guarantee he would be one of their names. You know, you see Miro fighting through it. You see Tyler fighting through it. You see Hints fighting through it. Yeah. And, and father time is fighting through it. Joe Pavelski is, I mean, you know, but again, it's, this isn't a player that's, that's afraid of anything. He's just got to just turn the compass a little bit more. You, you got to turn the dial a, a little bit different direction and, and, you know, and hopefully he gets rewarded for it. And, and that then, you know, then the confidence comes back, you know, then maybe he can start putting them in from where, I mean, for, for crying out loud, he puts them in from all over the place. So I, I would, I would ask him, I believe that he had one shot last night. I'm not hundred percent. You probably got your little computer pulled up there, but, <laughs> but I, I think I would set, I try to set goals with some of our guys that are goal scorers and they're going through little things like shoot for, there should be no reason as much you play that much. There should be no reason you can't shoot for two shots a period. You know, and I, I don't think that's out of the question because you're getting power play time. You're getting two, and I'm not talking about shooting and missing that. I'm talking about two of them that hit the net. And, you know, come out of the game with six, seven, eight shots. And eventually you're going to get, you're going to get that ugly. Maybe it's an ugly one. Maybe it's a highlight one, but, but I just think that it's a mindset. You know, you're going to, you're, like I said, great player, but now you got to find a little bit different level right now. And I don't think it's about putting them on this line, putting them on that line, because right now, I think that, I mean, you, it's hard to argue with the lines that they have. So I don't know if you want to, disrupt you know whatever coaches feel are going right now to get one player back on track yeah and and maybe a coach that says listen we got to find a way to get him back on track so if that means loading up whoever they have in mind then maybe that's what it takes but and i will say that there's this isn't a conversation that that's not happening in the coach's office right and with the players and with the player they're having these talks all the time you know, so at, at the end of the day, you can have as many meetings and talks and watch video and stuff like that. But until you decide to, you know, give it a little bit more, you know, I, I got to dig down and find a little bit more because, you know, don't because you're going to you're going to see. I, I think <clears throat> I think the reason. I, I look at that game last night, Dallas turned it up a notch. There's no doubt about it. Dallas came and played their game. and. And I think Seattle, 
this whole, this whole, I said this before, this whole thing about we came here to get one game. Ah, if you have that kind of mindset, it, it's wrong. You get that first one. Why wouldn't you want to get the second one? And so I don't know if that team was, had that mentality that, that, you know, man, you know what? We came in here, we got our game. Now we're going back. Yeah. I, I, I just think that's, that's wrong. I, I don't think that that, that Seattle team played the way that they did that. Well, we know they didn't, they didn't play the same way they did in game right. one. And, and again, a lot of that probably is because of Dallas, but you know, there's guys there that got a, they got a little burr up their pants because these are guys that the, their teams are some of these guys. These are teams that their, their current teams before they got to Seattle didn't want them, mm-hmm. you know? Very similar to the, the Vegas situation, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they have some experience you know, be because that team is going to come. They're going to stay on the forties when it comes to hits. They don't mm-hmm. there. And they're going to come four lines at you. I mean that you, you know that. And so you're going to get a good dose of that when you get into Seattle for, for game three. Yeah. Yeah. The team I saw playing last night, the Dallas stars to me, you know, if they perform like that, that is a team to me that can go all the way to the cup. It's just, continuing that physicality and intensity um, that I'm excited to see this weekend. All right, mailbag time. I put it out. Your chance to talk to two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. And Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom says, keep him coming, Spitzy, loving every minute. See, Craig, someone likes me. So... Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, At Logan underscore Onyx says... Ask Craig if he sees any similarities in this Stars team to the 99 team or just similar to any other cup-winning team of the past non-Stars. Well, yeah, I think there are similarities from the standpoint of you've got a, I don't know if it's fair to call him world-class yet, but you've got a world-class goaltender, going to be, if he's not already. You've got a number one defenseman. And even though he's, well, you've got a leader. You've got two leaders. You got three leaders. You got Ben, you got Sagan, and you got Joe. Okay. But you've also got Rupe Hintz. Rupe Hintz is, is, has taken another step. So, you know, I can go back to all of the teams and, you know, we've always said, I mean, you had Belfort, you had Hatcher, you had Zubov, you had Madano, you had Noondike, you had Letman, you had Brett Hull, you know, so you have key players in key positions. You build your team up the middle of the ice, goaltender, defenseman, you know, you, you, ideally you'd like that, that goalie, you know, that that's going to win that Vesna caliber goalie. I think Dallas has got one. You, you know, you want the, the guy that's going to win the Norris. I think you got one in Haskinen. He's going to win a Norris, if, if not a few. And, you know, you've got, <clears throat> and then you got that guy up the middle of the ice. So, um, Rupe's on his way, you know. And so, um, now again, you know, you can go back and say, well, man, that line just had so much chemistry from the day they were put together, you know, meaning, you know, hence Robertson and Pavelski. And people are probably going, well, you know what? Um, why not? You know, got to get Robo going. Why not put them together? Mm-hmm. Well, everything else is going though. <laughs> like, like I said, that that's a coaching decision. I mean, you may see that next game, but again, now you're on the road. You you don't have last change. 
So there may be other tweaks coming. Yeah. And and that's what at who is Mr. John Galt asked. What are your thoughts on putting Pavelski on the same line with Robo Sagan? Give Robo some someone to play off of in the short sample size when Hintz was injured. They were very productive. That would move Hintz to the second line, or would you reassemble the Avengers line? So Craig just uh, hit on that, and uh, Craig says keep everything like it is as well because, I mean, I'm seeing a different Max Domi, and I'm liking it. So um, whether or not that's just him gaining confidence, comfortability with the team, or Pavelski on the line, uh, I'll take it. He's playing real well. At Spamuel Green, it's Sam Green. Loving the every game pod. Don't let Craig tell you different. Listen, is, is, yeah. is that in your alias? Did you just no, did no, you no. Say that to yourself? <laughs> no, 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 no. You did, didn't you? No, yeah, you did. He's got I a picture. You. Well, he's got a picture of himself. <laughs> you, you of all people should know things that you order and and, and buy. They, they don't always, they don't always look what you just bought online. No, they do not. Yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness! And you can't send them back. No, nope, you got to pay for them up front. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. All right, so let me read that again because this was a confidence builder. <laughs> Loving the every game pod. Don't let Craig tell you different. Listening with the light roast for the boost in caffeine always makes the next day better. Craig Ludwig, did you know that light roast has more caffeine than dark roast? Is that a is that a new craft beer? <laughs> that was called the light roast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so he does say question for Craig. <laughs> Question for Craig, though. That must be a pilsner. <laughs> oh man! All right, this is this is this is a light roast right now. I'm roasting a guy <laughs> every eighty-seven week. pounds on the other no, end of the man, line. No right man, every now. week is a roast, not a light roast. A roast. There's All a right, Mark roast going on. Right man, now. I am bright red. Oh man. Question for Craig, though: Is it tough to play against an old teammate, especially in the playoffs? like Klinger, and we saw last night Alexiak and Jamie Benn basically headlocking each other and going down to the ice and getting matching penalties. Yeah, you know what? You'd like. I think most of the time you say no. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a different opponent, but I don't think that's true because you don't, you know, these guys have, you know, a past, and, you know, they were tight, and these, these players were tight. Klinger was tight. You know, Big Rig was tight, and so um, – I, I don't, but, but you're still going to play hard against each other. But when it comes down to it, I mean, if it's coming down to, I mean, again, it's a different question. Like I say, it's a different question in the first 82 than it is in the playoffs. And so you really, I mean, I, I would give it to Chelly. Chelly would give it to me when we played against each other. And so, and the same, you know, with a lot of other players at, at the end of the night, we understand because we had the same mentality when we were on the same team. So, um, you know, are you, are you going to try to, you know, injure the guy to a point and you, you had no problem chopping guys and trying to break a finger, trying to break a wrist. I know nobody wants to hear this, but that's the way it used to be. But, um, but you probably wouldn't do it that hard with like for me and Chelly, like he was my, my partner. So, you know, it might be the top of the foot or the back of the leg, but you know, so 
again, there's, there's bigger things on the line right now and everybody will eventually heal. So in 1988-89, for those listening to Spitz and Suds, he won't talk about it, but 21 games in the playoffs, Craig had, let's see, he was pulling the screen to me, plus 10 in the playoffs with four points, two goals, two assists, 24 penalty minutes. What year was that? That was uh, 88-89. Yeah, I was probably playing with Shelly. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that the is that yeah. your cup year with Montreal? No, that was 86. Okay. Because 21 games is a lot of playoff games. Yeah, three short. Three short of three wins. Yeah. 21 doesn't, you know, you only got, that means you got seven games left, but yeah. you were ultimately, uh, yeah. 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 You didn't have enough in the the win column. Let's put it that way. You didn't get to 16. The magic number now is 16. Absolutely. You're a beast, my friend, and uh, great to spend a Friday afternoon with you. This counts as a weekend hang between us as our friendship just continues to build. And uh, thank you, as always, especially during the playoffs, the stick tap, um, I mean, the, the stick tipping things, just the insight you give, the Robertson, the Pavelski, uh, really appreciate the deep dive. I know our listeners do as well. Uh, they give the feedback that they're learning from both you and Sean. So all I do is ask the questions, but I always appreciate you jumping on. Robo Robo gets a goal and two assists, game three. All right. I like this. Five on five, too, not a power play. Okay. Goal and two all assists. Right. So remember that, Stars fans, for Sunday night. Thank you, as always, for supporting Spits and Suds. For Craig Ludwig, I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.